you all. It's quite funny, Abigail said on the media clip that my mum keeps a cool head. She didn't feel very cool <laughs> leading up to this tonight, but um, I'm sure um, God is going to minister to us and, and just help us. We're continuing tonight with the theme of the DNA of Arena Church, and the subject um, that I'm going to be talking about tonight is Arena DNA Generosity. And perhaps already in your heart you think, oh no, it's another money talk. Well, I want to tell you, generosity is far bigger than money. We will be touching on it because it is part of it, but there's far more um, to DNA of generosity than just money. And if you've not been in for the last few weeks, we've just been doing this uh, course, looking at the things that are the DNA of Arena Church. And you might think, well, what do, what do we mean by the DNA? They're the things that to us as a body of people are non-negotiable. We want them as part of our house. We won't negotiate on them and we won't compromise on them. They're the core values of what we are building church on. So as we look at generosity, I want to look at why we want generosity as part of our DNA and how we can work that out as individuals but as part of the church as well. Most of you will probably have seen our partnership brochure that you can pick up from the resource hub if you've not seen. And part of that in the battle plan, it talks in there it's, it, where we're talking about bringing hope to a broken world. And at Arena Church, part of that is reflecting God's abundant generosity by giving extravagantly of our time, our money and skills to people who are in spiritual or material need. So as you can see, it's part of what we are. We're very passionate about this. In Genesis 1, we can read on how God puts the earth and creates his creation. And you can read through that, and it's just awesome to read how God does that and the awesomeness of it. In Genesis 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So we can see that after God had put all his creation together, out of a heart of generosity, he gives it over to man to rule over. And what a great example that is of generosity. And in John 3 verse 16, I'm sure we all know that verse, it's for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that was the best that God could give us. He didn't just, you know, send something that would do. He sent the very best that he'd got. And that is why generosity is the heart of Arena Church, because God is so generous towards us in what he's given. And then just to think about what Jesus gave on the cross. Again, he just didn't, you know, give a token gesture. He gave his whole life so that we could have a right relationship with God. So that is our example, generosity. There's three areas that I want to look at tonight where I believe we can be generous and show generosity as individuals but as a community of people. And as I've just said, Jesus is our example, the person that we look to on how we should live out our Christian lives. But as it's Mother's Day today, I thought it would be quite interesting if we could maybe use two mothers who were on the different ends of the scale of generosity, just to help us gauge as we go through the three areas how we're doing, whether we line up with one of them or the other. 
I'm hoping it's the first one, but in some areas it might be the second, and God might just be speaking to us and asking us to change a few things in our lives. The first mother we're going to look at or use as our contrast is Mother Teresa. I'm sure you've all heard of her. There she is. We recognize her there. She felt the, God, the call of God on her life at the age of 12. And when she made, at, the, at that age, she made a decision to devote the rest of her life to serving the poor. Not only telling them about the love of God, but showing it in very practical ways. So she is a picture of generosity in the way she gave her life, in the way she spent her life on showing the love of God to people. Now, on the other end of the scale, you might think this is a bit rare, but I was trying to think of somebody that was the other end of generosity, who was not generous at all. And there were actually a few people I could think of, but then I thought, well, that's not going to be very good putting them on the screen. We might get sued for libel or something uh, if we're calling them. So I went for a fictional character. And we've got Cinderella's stepmother. I thought that was safer than actually coming up with a proper person. Okay. So as we go through the three areas, I just want you to look and think, am I like Mother Teresa with generosity, giving, caring, giving everything that I can? Or am I more like the stepmother who was selfish, uncaring, cruel, and the complete opposite of the generosity we're talking about? So the first area that I want to look at is generosity with our words. Words can be very powerful. We can speak life or death to people and to situations. Cinderella's stepmother continually spoke abuse and harsh words over her. And as we see in the film and the story, it crushed her, it hurt her, it discouraged her to the point where she thought there was no point to her life and what she was doing. And the psalmist wrote in Psalm 141, verse 3, Set a guard over my mouth. O Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. And in contrast, we see Mother Teresa, who brings words of encouragement, inspiration, to people who were in desperate situations. And I've been brought up in a family where we're very witty, but sometimes that wit goes to sarcasm. And I'm ashamed to say, a few years ago, I could cut people with words just as quick as anything. I could put them in their place. I could bring sarcasm. Sometimes it was humorous, but sometimes it was just so cutting. And it's an area that I had to really pray about and ask God to help me with. Because I thought it was really funny, but you could just take somebody down. And I'm sure there's people here that can do that. You know, and as a family, you know, we have this sarcastic humor And um, it's just something that God had to really deal with me in because I don't want to bring people down with my words. I want to build them up. So the first question I want to ask is, how generous are we with the words that we speak over ourselves? And you might think, well, that's a bit odd. But the words we speak to others are very important, but we sometimes don't realize that what we actually say to ourselves can be very damaging as well. Jesus tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And it's often the case that when people are negative or they talk down to others, it's actually because of how little they feel about themselves and how bad they feel about themselves. And experiences and upbringing can influence how we talk about ourselves. But the Bible shows us that we are important and very special to God. And I would encourage you all to read through Psalm 139 and just see how you were planned, and how important you are to God. 
Are you always telling yourself that you're no good? Are you always telling yourself that you can't get anything right and there's no point me trying anything because it'll just fail and come to nothing anyway? God doesn't see you like that at all. You need to be generous with the words that you speak over yourself. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, You are a new creation and the old is gone. If we don't see ourselves how God sees us, we'll find it difficult to be generous with words towards other people. So we, we won't be able to get that right until we get how we see ourselves. And if that is an area that you think, yeah, actually, I really struggle with that. I've got a very low self-esteem or, or self-image. I've actually brought some scriptures that speak about how God sees us and how special we are. And I've put them over on the resource hub. And I'd encourage you to take them with you. Speak them over your life. Find them in the scriptures. And just see how God feels about you. The second question I want to ask regarding words is how generous are you with words that you speak to others? At Arena Church, we are committed to talking people up, to encouraging them, to thanking them, and cheering them on. I'm sure all of you have had conversations with people where you just feel like you're going down and down and down because it's just negative after negative coming out. And... To be honest, you see them coming next time and you want to give them a wide berth, don't you? How awful it would be, actually, if we're one of those people that you see people giving you a wide berth because they just can't take it. And I'm sure we can all think of people like that. And they drain the energy from you. And there's a time for sharing. You know, I've got people very close to me that if I need to go and offload, I can do that. But if that's the conversations you have all the time, that isn't right. You need to be building people up and not pulling them down. And I don't know if anybody's noticed, I've got a friend with me tonight. Anne's laughing because this is a little joke. Does anybody recognise who this is? This is Eeyore. Okay. Eeyore's play quite a part in my life when it comes to being negative because Eeyore's from the Winnie the Pooh stories, for those that don't know. I'm sure most of you do. And on one side we have Tigger, who is... So positive that nothing can go wrong in his life and he brings exuberance and excitement. But then we have poor old Eeyore. Eeyore doesn't really think much of his life. He doesn't really think much of himself. One of the phrases that he uses quite a lot is, thank you for noticing me. Because he doesn't really think that he's worth much. So we have a little joke that goes back a long way, don't we, Anne? And we say, if someone's going on a down at Anne, are you having an Eeyore day or are you having a Tigger day? And we probably took it a little bit too far. And it was a long time ago before we had children. So I'm all grown up now and I've grown out of it. But not long after Neil and I were married, we, we quite like Winnie the Pooh. And, and uh, we bought some mugs that had got the characters on. So we'd got Eeyore, we'd got Winnie the Pooh and we got Tigger. And we used to play this little game that was quite naughty, but it was quite funny, so I thought I'd share it with you. Um, and if we'd got people round, and they were being a bit of an Eeyore, we used to play this little game that I used to make them a drink and give them the Eeyore mug. But they didn't know why they got it. But me and Neil, or if Anne and Neil were round, we'd be like laughing, because they're being a right Eeyore. So if you go to somebody's house and get the Eeyore mug, 
take the hint, you know why. <laughs> okay. I have to say, if you come to my house now, we've got all grown-up mugs. They've got no pictures on, and Eeyore's gone, so don't worry. We won't do that. <laughs> and sometimes there are uh, instances where we need to say some things to some people. And we have to be honest and open with them. But if we say it and deliver it with love and encouragement, and people know that we're doing it to bless them and help them, then it will help them to feel built up and not wrecked. So sometimes we do have to speak some harsh words, but in love. And it's how you deliver it, and if people know that you care. So I just wanted to ask us all, really, what are you saying to your family? What words do you speak over your husband or your wife? What words do you speak over your children, over your parents, over your wider family? What do you have to say about your family? Sometimes we can be so down on them if they don't think how we think or if they don't do things like we do. God still loves them just as much. And again, quite a few years ago, I was shopping in Ilkeston and I was just moseying around looking. And I heard this commotion with a lady. She'd got a, a boy that was probably about eight years old. And I've got children. I know how stressful it is shopping with children. But it was more than that. And this young boy was crying. He was upset. And his mother shouted at him at the top of her voice so everybody could hear. I don't want you. Your dad don't want you. Nobody wants you. That just broke me inside. And I thought, how could anyone say that? And the damage that we can do just by speaking words over people. I just wanted to take him home <laughs> and get hold of him. And I, I've really prayed for him because it's really stuck in my mind. I say it's years. I just pray that that young boy has found somebody that's put some good input into his heart and his life. And uh, we just need to be so careful what we speak over people and what we say to them. I wonder how you are at work. I wonder how your work colleagues see you, whether you're the employer or the employee. Are you the person that can encourage and lift, even at a time where maybe lots of businesses are going through cuts and people don't know, you know where they are with their job or if their department's even going to be there? Are you the one that sits there like Eeyore saying, yeah, I know, calling the management, speaking out negative words? Or are you the one that's positive? And I'm not talking about being fake. I'm talking about being real. But even in situations like that, we can speak out words that are encouraging to people and that help people rather than pull them down. And this is a big one. I wonder what words we speak in church with our friends. I wonder what we have to say about the leadership and the team leaders. We can get a good kick in sometimes with words that are spoken about other people in the congregation, about the song choices that the worship team make, about the fact that there's not enough hot chocolate some weeks and we've run out. We can talk about some really silly things that don't matter, but we can really get stuck in and have a, a moan and a grumble or a gossip. God doesn't want us to be like that church. He wants us to be generous with our words, to speak up the leadership. We're not saying that you'll agree with everything, but come and talk to us. Don't talk behind our back and give us a good kick in. Come and talk to us. You know, if you've got issues, then come and speak to us and let's sort it out. If you've got friends in church, then talk things through. Don't gossip about them behind their backs. Let's be generous and uplifting with the words that we speak. When was the last time you thanked the people that were serving you tea and coffee over there? Or do you just grumble at them and take it off them? 
Gail, you can monitor that tonight. <laughs> when did you thank the welcome team last and the car park attendant that helped you park? When did you thank them for what they bring every Sunday? When did you thank the worship team for leading us so well? Or the preacher? You know, we get great teaching in this church. When was the last time you just went to these guys and said, you know what, that really blessed me, that was awesome? And the staff, Beth, who comes in week by week, and you might say, well, that's her job. So what? Let's bless her. Let's be generous with our words that she comes out on a Sunday, opens up for us. And what about the media team that look after us so well? Can you imagine the frustration this man has when this projector's going on and off and on and off? Bless him. (laughs) You know, all the literature that is so up-to-date and modern and just cutting edge. It doesn't just happen. We have a media team that are committed to doing that for us. When did you thank them last time for doing that for us? We can make somebody's day just by saying, thank you, you're doing a great job. That can really build somebody up. And you might be saying, well, I wasn't brought up like that. It doesn't come naturally. But Psalm 40 verse 3 says, he has put a new song in our mouth. And if the song you're singing is negative, sing a new song that God has given you. And we've just seen in Corinthians where it says we're a new creation. The old is gone. So with God's help, a change is possible. So I want to set you all a little challenge this week. Why don't you text somebody with a scripture or a word of encouragement or send an email Or if you're not technical, like I'm not, make a phone call. (laughs) Thank somebody in church today that served you in some way. Go home determined to give a word of encouragement to that family member or pick up the phone and just encourage them. And go to work tomorrow ready to be an encourager and not a discourager. The second area I want to look at is generosity with our time. Mother Teresa is a great example of somebody who always had time for others, whether it was serving them or just giving them a listening ear. Are we too busy and always in a hurry? Do people feel like they're imposing if they want to come and talk to us or spend time? And how do we prioritise our time? We're all very busy people these days. We have a lot to pack into our days. But how do we prioritise that time? And the first question I want to ask is, how generous are we with the time that we spend with the Lord? And I am just learning more and more, after years of being a Christian, that my relationship and my walk with God is the most important thing about being a Christian. And we can only develop a relationship with him if we spend time with him, praying, worshipping, reading his word and listening. And we have all have destiny over our lives. I believe that. God has got destiny written all over us. But if we don't have the foundation of a relationship with him, then we can't go and do what he's called us to do. We need to invest that time. And in the Gospels, Jesus spent time with his father. There's loads of instances there where he went off just to pray and just to be with his father. So if it was important for Jesus, it's very important for us. The second question, how generous are we with the time we spend with our family and friends? And this has been a a big thing I've had to work over over the past few years. I love the work I do. I work part-time for church. I work part-time in my own business. And I love what I do. I am very blessed to want to get up in the morning and do what I do. But there's been times in my life when that has overtaken time for my family and people around me, and I've had to really prioritise my time and look at what I'm doing. And there can be some very valid things that we get caught up in. 
but we need to make sure we give time to our family and our friends. And again, the gospel shows us that Jesus spent time with his disciples. I can just imagine, you know, at the end of a busy day of ministering and delivering parables and sermons, they'd all sit, kick the sandals off. And I think they'd have a real blast. They'd have a laugh. They'd talk about the day and just generally chill out together. And that's what God wants us to do, just have chill out time. Also, time for ourselves. When do you take time out for yourself? Just to do something that you enjoy doing. It's so important. And the third question, how generous are you with the time that we spend in service? Not in a service, but in service. At Arena Church, we believe that everyone has a gift or gifts that God has placed on their lives for them to work out in service to him. And if you're not sure where your gifting lies and you would like some help with that, we have some questionnaires on the resource hub that you can take away to fill in, bring it back to us, and then we will just go over with that and just try and help you to see where your gifting lies. Are we generous in sharing the gift in the body of Christ, or are we withholding it, therefore disabling the body in some way? Do you take time to meet with the body of Christ, when you hear the, you know, the announcement for equippers, and we understand not everybody can get midweek, but is it, no, I'd rather actually be watching Coro or EastEnders or whatever's on. We need to make the commitment and the effort to meet for connect groups, for equippers, for day of prayer, and come in on a Sunday. It's very important. And Jesus always made time for people. In Matthew 19, verse 13, it talks about how he was very busy. He was at the end of a tiring day just probably wanted to kick his sandals off and and just chill out and a load of women turned up with a load of toddlers wow and we can read that story and think oh I bet they were all dead well behaved they weren't they were just normal kids they were probably charging about some were having tantrums some were laughing some were playing it would be noisy and you just don't need it at the end of a busy day and that's what the disciples thought send them away come back and what did Jesus say no 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 bring them in. It might be a bit inconvenient, boys, but bring them in. And he sat with every single one of them and made time for them and blessed them. And sometimes sharing our time isn't convenient at all. But if we all just invest that time, then God will give it back to us and reward us. And there has to be balance. We don't want you to cram your life full of things. You've got to find balance. And again, another little challenge. Look at what you put into your week this week. Because I had a time quite a few years ago now where I was like, God, I just can't do anything else and I never get time to pray and I never get time to read my Bible. I never have time to to just sit with you. And God just dropped one word into my spirit, soaps. So I was like, okay, soaps. And I added up the amount of time that I watched soaps on TV. And I was a soap queen. I followed them all. It was hours hours a week and I'm not saying that you shouldn't watch telly you shouldn't watch soaps I don't watch any soaps now but I do watch telly but for me that I was putting a bigger priority on keeping up to date with that and saying I'd not got time for God and God was just saying where's your priority is it EastEnders or is it time for me and it it may be something it, it may be telly it may be something else that God's just saying you have actually got time you just need to reprioritize what you're doing with that time 
And again, if you just wanted some help with that, a book that really helped me was Ordering Your Private World by Gordon MacDonald, a man that was in absolute crisis because his life was just overloaded and he had to start prioritizing and just putting his life and his world in order. And the third area I just want to look at is generosity with our resource. And resource isn't just money, but it is a part of it. So I just want to talk about that first. And at Arena Church, we do believe in the biblical principle of tithing on our income from Malachi 3. The Bible teaches that we are to give to God a tenth of our income, and that is to go into what the Bible calls the storehouse, which is the local church, the place where you fellowship and the place where you are fed. And there can be a lot of draw on our money with God channel and different things, people asking for money all the time. And we're not saying don't send money to those people. You must do that as you are led. But your tithe, biblically, should come into the storehouse. And if you're not sure what tithing is or where it's talked about in the Bible, I've just got three verses here from the Old Testament. There's Genesis 14, verse 20, Numbers 18, verse 26, and Deuteronomy 14, verse 22. And you might be saying, oh, well, that's all Old Testament, so we don't live under that. We don't have to worry about that. I've got some New Testament verses for you where Jesus just enforces that tithing is still for today. That's Luke 11, verse 42, Luke 18, verse 12, and Hebrews 7, verse 4. But we're talking about being generous, and tithing isn't being generous. Tithing is being obedient to God's word. And generosity with our money actually kicks in when we go over and above the tithe, when we're giving on top of our tithe. You might say, that's a bit harsh. It's Bible. Okay. And as a church, we tithe on the money that comes in. We give a tenth to other ministries and churches, plus we give money to bless and help other people. So we're not just asking you to do what is biblical. We do it as a church as well. And if you want to know anything more about that, again, please come and talk to us. And the second area with regard to generosity with our resource is gifting. And I've just talked a little bit earlier about that we all have a God-given gift, whether it's up front or whether it's behind the scenes. It might be cleaning or singing, playing a musical instrument, gardening, painting, visiting, giving lifts, opening up your home, cooking a meal, Shopping for other people, not for yourself. Baking, administration, preaching, praying, welcoming, serving, refreshments, finance, setting out chairs, clearing them away again. Crash, kids' church, feeding the homeless and the poor, and more and more and more. God's gifting is just a full variety of gifting there. And you might think, well, my gifting is really small. But I'll always remember when Neil and a couple of the other guys went to Albania. Um, You remember Lou that was with us last week. Her and her husband had got some furniture they wanted going out there. So they loaded the van, the three guys. My husband went with them. And they took this stuff over. They had a great time. When they came back, they were all really poorly. Um, I think they bought some dodgy water or something, and they were quite poorly. And um, Margaret Roberts, who, who comes to our Ilkeston uh, church now. She turned up the following Sunday with a little gift bag and she'd bake some cakes just to say, I'm praying for you, Neil. We really appreciate what you did. 
by going to Albania and blessing others. I just want to bless you. And that blew us away, that she'd even taken the time to do that. And that is her gifting. And if you said anything to Margaret, she'd think, oh, it was nothing. But it wasn't. It was something. It really blessed. And you might think, well, my little bit won't make a difference. But in Luke 9, we read about the little boy that had five loaves and three fish. That was his pat lunch. But when he offered it over to God and Jesus blessed it, it fed over 5,000 people. And there was surplus left over. And the little gifts that we've given out today, they've probably cost pence. They've not cost hundreds of pounds. Jill's invested some time and we really appreciate that. But it's just a little gift to say thank you to all the ladies that are part of the church. It hasn't cost us a deal, but I know that every lady that's received one has been made to feel special. And it's probably just made them feel really good tonight as they take that home. So generously bring what God has given to you. And you'll be absolutely amazed at what blessings it can bring when God blesses it and puts his hand on it. In conclusion... Generosity is part of the DNA of Arena Church because we want to reflect the generosity God has shown us. And as a church, we practically work this out in different areas. By giving to people in need, we have the monthly mercy offering where we give into different situations. We give time and food to people who come through the doors of the church and through the charity shops. We send people out to other churches and other countries to help, bless and minister. We support missionaries home and abroad. We distribute uh, Christmas hampers and we have the card and the flower ministry that we have just to send cards and flowers just to people that are probably feeling a bit down or just need a bit of encouragement. And there's lots of other avenues and doors that God is going to open up to us where we can reach more people. But Arena Church can only be as generous as the people, and that's us, who are in it. And 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 says, The Lord gives a cheerful giver. And I believe that over all these areas we've looked at, not just with money, when we cheerfully bring with generosity what God has blessed us with, who knows what we can do with that. So I wonder how we've all fared in the three areas, with our words, our time and our resource. Do you resemble Mother Teresa? Or do you you resemble the stepmother? You don't have to tell me. Let's commit to being more generous in every area of our life and let's surrender everything to God so that we can reflect the generosity that he has shown us. Thank you.